Welcome to Rick's Rumblings. This is Yankee Thunder, The Legendary Life of Davy Crockett, Episode 4. We start with Chapter 6 about Death Hug and Mrs. Sip. As soon as Davy's dogs had caught up to him, he pushed on into the forest. He hadn't gone very far before he ran, sprang into a bear. Now that bear was a smart bear, and he'd learned a thing or two from the panthers, and instead of running after Davy, he crouched back and sprang, just like a panther. Davy didn't have time to raise old Betsy or even reach for his hunting knife. All he could do was give the bear a look. It was an almighty fearful look, and it stopped the bear in the middle of his spring. He just stuck in the air above the ground, froze stiff with fright. Dogs didn't know what to make of it. They sniffed around a bit and then looked up at Davy. I guess I'll have to thaw him out, said Davy, laughing at the dogs. He built a fire under the bear, and the poor critter began to limber up. After a while, he thawed out complete and fell to the ground. He stood up on his hind legs, walked over to Davy, and gave him a bear hug. He didn't mean any harm. He was just thankful for being thawed out. Of course, it would have crushed any other man but Davy. Davy didn't have the heart to shoot a bear like that, so he made a pet out of him and gave him the name of Death Hug. Turned out to be the right idea. Death Hug knew how to behave, and he was a mighty fine company. He never did learn how to say anything, but he could grunt smarter than most people can talk. Davy taught him all kinds of things, including how to smoke a pipe. They'd sit around the fire together, puffing away as peaceful as a couple of parsons. After that, Death Hug kept traveling with Davy no matter where he went. And Davy kept pushing on through the woods because he was a hunter and meant for to roam. Walking along one day, Davy came upon a cabin in a clearing. The folks that lived in the cabin crowded up to the door. A maw, a paw, and about half a dozen youngins. You're Davy Crockett, ain't you? They said. The same, said Davy. Welcome, Davy. We heard of you. You're just in time for a bite of supper. That's right, kind of you, but I wouldn't want to cause you no trouble. 
No trouble at all. Step right in and sit down. Davy went inside, sat down, and started in John with the paw. They hadn't been John long when the young ones set out a ham before him. What's the idea, said Pa. Maybe Davy ain't got no taste for ham. Oh, I got a taste for it all right, said Davy, but I don't want you cutting into new ham just because of me. Oh, we always set out a ham when folks come calling, said the young ones, giggling and squirming around. That's so, said the Pa, if you got a taste for it, just cut yourself a slice. It's a right pretty ham, said Davy. Pretty as a picture, said the young ones, giggling again. Well, I'll take me a little snippet, said Davy, and he reached for the knife. He started to cut away, and the knife bounced off the ham without making more than a dent. The young ones let out a laugh, and the paw said, That ain't no eating ham, Davy. It's made of basswood, painted up to look like what it ain't. We got it from a peddler that came by last week, thinking it was real ourselves. Paid good money for it, too. But it ain't worth a thing. The young ones brought it out for a bit of fun tomfoolery. Hope you don't mind. Don't mind a bit, said Davy, laughing to himself. The folks set out real food, and as Davy was eating, he asked, Did that peddler have squinty eyes no bigger than a pig's? Well, that's exactly what he had, said the folks. Was his mouth shut tight as a miser's pocketbook? Asked Davy. Did he smile a sly smile? It was, and he did, said the folks. Was he bent back from carrying a pack? Asked Davy. Bent almost to the ground, said the folks. Then that peddler wasn't anybody else but Slickerty Sam, said Davy. The same one that's got magic tricks and can change himself into a gambling man or a bully of the river. A varmint like that ought to be run out of the country. And so help me, Hannah, if I ever come across him again, I'll see that he is. Davy thanked the folks for his supper, whistled to Death Hug and the dogs, and went his way. He kept on hunting, and soon he was the surest shot that ever was. It got so that he didn't even have to shoot at the smaller critters. When he saw a coon up a tree, he'd give it a look and a grin, and sure enough, that coon to tumble right down to the ground. Once a coon up a tree saw Davy walking along with old Betsy over his shoulder and said to the coon, don't shoot Davy, I'll come down. It seems like Davy's name and fame had spread all over and he was known to 
man and beast alike. Sometimes even the wind would rise up and whisper, Davy, Davy Crockett, Davy, Davy Crockett. Davy began to get pretty tired of it. When he heard about the buffaloes of the western prairie, he made up his mind to have a goat at them. He went along the Mississippi River, waded across, and is all set to push on. But the buffaloes must have heard about him, for there was a pair of them waiting on the river bank to meet him. Well, said Davy to Death Hug, there's a welcoming committee, but where's the brass band? Death Hook doubled up laughing, but the buffaloes didn't crack a smile. They snorted blue fire and belted, bellowed small thunder. They stomped on the earth and then began to butt down trees. They played toss with the trees, showing Davy what they'd do to him. Davy let him play. Quicker than a streak of lightning, he slipped around them. He tied their tails together and jumped up on their backs, putting a foot on each. Get along, you prairie varmints, he said, for I'm a ring-tailed roarer, and this is my day to roar. Now move along. The buffaloes moved along, doing everything they could to throw Davy. They raced a hundred miles one way and a hundred miles back again. They bucked, they heaved, they stomped, and they bellowed. But whatever they did, they couldn't throw Davy. At last, they stopped with their heads bowed down as tame as two sheep. That'll learn you said Davy, untying their tails. Now run along and tell the buffaloes not to fool with a crockett. One of the buffaloes ran away as though he'd been jabbed with a pitchfork. The other one hung around, making up to Davy. Davy figured he didn't have any use for a tame buffalo, but he let him stay for a while. I guess you're plumb tuckered out, Miss Sip he said, naming the buffalo after the river. Davy had no idea of making a pet out of Miss Sip. He might never have done it if he hadn't found out that Miss Sip had a fine bass voice. Davy had a good clear tenor himself, and that night around the fire he let loose with a few bars of old Dan Tucker, and Davy sang out, Old Dan Tucker was a good old man, washed his face in a frying pan, combed his hair with a wagon wheel, and before he could get out the rest of it, Mississippi boomed and died with a toothache in his heel. And then they both came on in the chorus. There you go, old Dan Tucker, you're too late to get your supper. Death Hug clapped his paws together and the dogs wagged their tails and Davy kind of liked it himself. So he let Mississippi tag along with him. Davy hunted through the Arkansas country for a while and they went back across the Mississippi to Tennessee. 
walking by a place called Frog Bend. He heard singing. Sounded to Davy like a frolic was going on, and of course, couldn't pass it up. Guess I'll join in the fun, he said, and went to the cabin where the singing was coming from. Davy opened the door, and it turned out it wasn't a frolic after all. It was a prayer meeting going on, and the folks were singing hymns. Davy sat down with Death Hug and Miss Sip beside him, and the dogs squatted at his feet. And a preacher was preaching, and they all listened respectful. Now we'll now sing Old Hundred, said the preacher, and Davy let it, his clear tenor ripple out, and Old Miss Sip took the bass. When they reached the last chorus, the dogs joined in. The dogs couldn't sing the words, but they made a sound like a mighty pipe organ while Death Hook beat out the time. If it hadn't been a prayer meeting, the folks would have cheered. The preacher said it was better than any church choir had ever heard, and he'd heard the best. He made Davy sing one hymn after another, with Mississippi taking the bass the dogs chiming in, and Death Hug beating out the time. And just as Davy was getting ready to go, he heard singing from outside the cabin. And with the singing, he heard horses' hoofs stamping on the ground. Chapter 7 General Old Hickory Andy Jackson Davy opened the door and took a look around at who was doing the singing. It wasn't anybody else but his uncle Zebulon from Kentucky with a troop of thunder and lightning screamers. They were all riding horses, and they were all carrying rifles, and they were all singing, Come all ye bold Kentuckians, I'd have you all to know that for to fight the enemy were going for to go. Well, saw me in the weatherboards, boards, if it ain't Uncle Zebulon, said Davy. What's up, Uncle? Ain't you heard, said Uncle Zebulon. General old Hickory Andy Jackson is fighting a war, and he's calling for men. Me and my thunder and lightning screamers came all the way from old King Tuck to help out. Where's he fighting this here war, said Davy. Right in Tennessee, said Zebulon. Well, thank you, but you and your thunder and lightning screamers can turn around and go home, said Davy. I never heard of oh, this general old Hickory Andy Jackson, but this here's my home state, and we don't need any Kentucky men to help out. Davy Crockett will take care of things in the state of Tennessee. Sure you can handle it? asked Uncle Zebulon. You know my motto, said Davy. Be sure you're right, then go ahead. With that, he jumped on the back of Death Hug, whistled to Mississippi and the dogs, and roared, Go ahead! Death Hug went galloping off like a roughshod clap of thunder and Mississippi and the dogs streaking along behind. In no time at all, they were 
miles away from the far folks of Frog Bend, as well as Uncle Zebulon and his thunder and lightning screamers. Whenever Death Hug slowed down, Davy said, Go ahead! General Old Hickory Andy Jackson is fighting a war and he's calling for men. We gotta reach him before sunrise. And Death Hug streaked ahead with the dogs and Miss Sip come along behind. But after a while, they saw a blaze of light shining from between the hills and they still hadn't reached Andy Jackson. Davy shook his head and Death Hug grunted sad like. And then that blaze of light moving toward Davy and he saw it wasn't the sun at all. There was a man moving toward him, and that blaze of light was the red hair on his head. He came closer, and Davy had a good look at him. Just like Davy, he was wearing a fringed buckskin shirt, buckskin breeches, moccasins, and a coonskin cap. His red hair stuck out from under the cap and a cowlick. He had a nose like a hawk's eyes like an eagle's, and he stood straight and tall as a hickory tree. Davy knew right off this couldn't be anybody but General Old Hickory Andy Jackson. Davy had never before seen a man like Jackson, and he had to stand back and admire him. Andy Jackson, he'd never seen a man like Davy, and he had to stand back and admire him. While they were standing there admiring each other, there was a rumble of thunder like a roll of drums. Stars flashed in the blue of the sky, and the northern lights rippled out in red and white stripes. Death Hug, Miss Sip, and the dogs stood at attention as though the flag was passing by. At last, Andy Jackson said, just like a soldier, Who goes there? And Davy Crockett answered, Davy Crockett of the state of Tennessee. I heard of you, Davy, said Andy Jackson, and I'm glad you come. I'm fighting a war and I'm calling for men. Glad to be here, said Davy. My uncle Zebulon was going to bring his thunder and lightning screamers from old Kentuck, but I figured it was my home state and I could take care of things. You figured what? asked Dandy Jackson, taking a slow and looking Davy in the eye. Davy told him again what he figured, and when Andy Jackson heard that, his temper rose up. And when Andy Jackson's temper rose up, he burned inside like a tar kiln. There wasn't a man in these here United States with a temper like Andy Jackson's. Why, you Tennessee slang-wanger, you mean to say one man can end this here war? There ain't but one war, isn't there, said Davy. That's one more war than you can handle, you rattlesnake, yelled Andy Jackson. Come along with me. I'm coming, General, said Davy, following along in the middle of the woods where Andy Jackson's men were. By the time the sun was really coming up in the first light of the morning, Davy saw that the men had a hard fight. A 
clothes were all in rags. They were looking hungry enough to eat a hickory stump. While Davy was standing there, Indian arrows began to fall all around. Why didn't you tell me you're fighting Injuns, said Davy. I'm one of the tribe myself, and I'll end this here war in no time. If I don't, you can tie me up as a dinner for a flock of wild cats in winter. With that, Davy whistled to his dogs, called out to Mississippi, and death hug and started off towards the Indians. Turning traitor, are you? yelled Andy Jackson. Come on back, you Tennessee porcupine. I couldn't do that, said Davy over his shoulders. You know my motto. Be sure you're right, then go ahead. When Andy Jackson heard that, his temper burned fiercer than ever. It's a wonder he didn't smoke up and have poor smoke pouring out of him on all sides. He threw his cap on the ground and said to his men, Use your rifles on him. Fire! Andy Jackson's men fired, and pretty soon the shot was peppering the woods all around Davy. Then the Indians saw Davy coming and let loose with their bows and arrows. Both sides forgot who they were fighting and began to fight Davy. With arrows coming one way and bullets coming the other, things looked bad for Davy. He saw it wasn't going to be a, any hayride, so he jumped on Death Hug's back, and those bullets and arrows weren't any comfort to Death Hug either, so he gave a grunt crouched low and leaped high into a tree. Then he began circling around the forest, swinging from one branch to the next, and Mississippi and the dogs took to the brush, knowing they could catch up with Davy later. A way through the trees went Death Hug with Davy hanging on. They kept on going till Davy sighted the Indian rock that was made of the hardest stone in the world. It was so hard and so high it turned off common ordinary streaks of lightning and made them point down flat as a cow's tail. Whoa there, Death Hug, Death Hug said Davy. I guess we'll light right here. That's the end of chapter seven.